hidden in every storybook, upside down and backwards round, tucked within the afterward lie the secrets dark and true that fill the pages of the Book of Scary. An attack from the skies was to be expected, but no one was prepared for so many foes. Foes who were much better armed and organized than they. Talons tore hide and claws pierced scales. The cracks of the parched earth filled up with blood until the soil was a scarlet riverbed littered with bodies and their fallen flags. It was the rhinoceros king and elephant queen who won, but not without terrible loss. For the moment, Pig was unable to feel sorrow over the deaths. Anger was all that came to her. It just keeps happening, she said to Leap. No matter what we do or where we go, trouble is always close behind. You can't look at it like that, said Leap. You're still alive, aren't you? I think that means something. You were meant for something important, Pig, like Father Longtail said. Father Longtail, spat Pig. Whatever I'm meant for, I wish I'd hurry up and get it done so that we could go home. Leap said nothing. If any good came of the battle, it was the surplus of food that followed. The meat was bitter. The meat of the defeated. But it was more than the soldiers had seen for quite some time. And yet Pig found the meal difficult. Eat, little wanderer, said the Elephant Queen. It will serve no one for you to faint from weakness. Pig grimaced at the display of so much meat. Have your kind always eaten your enemies? she asked. It is not our first choice, said the queen. But in hunger, all beast kind are the same. The boar, the lion, the humble vole. All may starve and all may die. The dead need no choice. The starving cannot afford it. Eat, pig. Pig would be glad of the strength in the coming days, as more battles turned days to nights and nights to bad dreams from which she could not wake. There would be more blood, more debt to scavenge. And then there were days of somber peace, as the tall, jagged form of Mount Historius finally broke the monotonous horizon. "'Whatever peace we have known is soon to be our last, soldiers,' said the rhinoceros king. "'The master holds the mother's mountain fast in his grip. "'He will no doubt defend it with the greatest of force. "'If you are not prepared to die, then I am sorry for you.' "'The elephant queen spoke next. "'Given that we are soon to fight the battle of the ages, "'I wish to take one last day for prayer and solitude,' she said. There is a graveyard for my kind not far from here. I wish to take my soldiers there to touch the bones of our ancestors. The rhinoceros king agreed to this request, and even permitted Pig and Leap to accompany the queen, along with the ostrich priestess. All was quiet in the elephant graveyard. Here the bones of the ancients lay scattered, huge, broken. Is it really all right for us to be here? Pig whispered to the ostrich priestess. It is an honor, the priestess answered. An elephant's invitation to a graveyard is their way of introducing you to their ancestors. 
Her Majesty is not only paying homage to the ancients, but asking them to protect us, to protect you. Pig watched as the Queen and her fighters wandered wordlessly among the bones, picking them up, curling their trunks around them. It was strange to Pig, but it was also, in its way, comforting to her. But something was not right. I think we are not alone here, the priestess whispered. Her eyes narrowed. The mist that lurked among the broken bones had grown thick and began to form shapes. Pig thought she heard whispers. She looked for Leap, but he seemed so strange that she forgot what she wanted to say. His ears were back, and he was trembling. Leap, are you all right? said Pig. Leap didn't say anything, but the priestess glared at him as if he had. The wolf shrank back when the ostrich approached him, but soon he was transfixed by the glow of her eyes. What are you doing to him? said Pig. Leave him alone. But the priestess continued her fearsome gaze until she suddenly gasped. No! she cried. Wolfling, you do not understand what you have done! I had to, said Leap. It was the only way to make it across the sea, but I'd hoped they'd be alone when they came for me. When who came for you? Pig asked. What do you mean? The priestess began running and shouting, shouting to the elephant queen and her army to leave this cursed place at once. The dead are rising, she shouted. We must turn back. The ghosts of men are among us. What does she mean? Pig pleaded of her friend. You you told the ghosts you were the servant of the master. You said they helped us because they must obey him. I didn't want you to know the truth, said Leap. He would not look at his friend. What truth? cried Pig. Leap, what truth? But the ghosts of men were coming up from the ground now, and through the vapor of their rising shapes, the elephants ran. They could not run fast enough. The dead took form. Not simply men, but dogs and lions and other spirits, too. All of the beast ghosts walked upon fours, and the men were their masters. One of the men sat high upon a spectral horse, and he commanded the horse with unseen reins, though he himself had but a stump upon his shoulders in place of a head. Come on, Leap, we have to go, cried Pig, but the wolf would not move. Run, swine child, said Estruthia. Your friend is beyond saving. He has made the unspeakable oath. Behind them, a dreadful scene took place. Some elephants were strangled by ghosts, others were devoured whole until only their bones remained. And the Elephant Queen, throwing herself in death's way to save as many as possible, was dragged below the earth until her roars of pain and fear were silenced. Someone living dragged Pig away. She would never remember who. But she would remember Leap's last words to her for all of her days. They can't hurt you. That was my price. Then the headless horseman descended upon Leap and snatched from him what the dead had purchased at the young wolf's abominable bargain. The unspeakable oath. When the living make a deal with the dead, all who commit such dealings are doomed to serve the ghosts of men for a thousand years. For his soul, Leap had begged safe passage into the Elephant Lands, and for the life of his friend, for Pig. All this Sistruthia had seen in the young wolf's eyes, but by then, it was too late to save him. 
Back at the encampment, despair ruled all. An envoy had brought a message to the rhinoceros king. His city lay under siege, and all within would starve to death if her sovereign did not return to accept the master's terms. Perhaps it was true, perhaps not. But the spirit of the great horde king was broken now. I thought you were prepared to die, said Pig. Your fighters were, and did. Careful, Hoglet, you speak to a king, the great rhinoceros warned her. But there was little threat in his voice now. May the Shadowbringer slay me with his own sword, and his buzzards feast upon my carcass, if that will save beastkind. But I cannot subject my people to such a cruel death when there is another way. When you wear a crown as heavy as mine, Pig, you will understand. Pig did not understand, and she did not care to. If you won't march on the mountain, free me so that I can try, she said. Determination blazed in her eyes with a ferocity that almost frightened the much larger beast. I free you, said the king, but you will die on this mission of yours. I urge you to stay with us. There is at least some chance you'll be spared, a better chance than you'll have out here. But Pig refused. Keeping his word, the rhinoceros king released her. With her, she took the ostrich priestess and a handful of soldiers. All knew they might perish, but they would perish as free beasts. And as Pig and her meager band journeyed, a smile grew upon her face. This is what the scroll meant, she thought. We may be small, but we will bring an end to this blight. Astonishingly, the road to the mother's mountain remained free of obstacles. No one attacked them. No ghosts arose to cut their throats. Nary a creature made any appearance at all. Perhaps the Goose Mother has blessed us, said a lemur, but no one really believed that. The wind has changed, said Estruthia. I feel it in my feathers. Pig had not noticed any change in the wind's direction, but then she noticed little that was not directly in her path to crushing the throat of the profaner with her bare hooves. Within three days, the humble host reached the foot of Mount Historius. Two bitterly cold days after, they neared the end of a smooth trail hewn into the mountainside. At the end of that trail, they found the master's fortress, and never once did they meet a soul to block their way. Not until they passed through the unbarred gates did they meet a stranger. The stranger was a wolf as white as the mountain snow, wearing the same grey cloak as the Abbey brothers were known to wear below. Pig soldiers drew their swords and extended claws, those who had them, but the wolf merely shook his head and held up a paw. No need for that, friends, he said. You are welcome as the master's guests. He has been waiting most anxiously for your arrival. Maybe we don't want to be his guests, said Pig. Either you are a guest, or you are a trespasser, said the wolf, still smiling. And the latter are not welcome so warmly, I assure you. Behind Pig, the wooden gates groaned closed, and thirty soldiers in the armor of the legion formed a line around her lot. Come, said the wolf monk. The master waits, and... And the master has grown tired of waiting, said a new voice. The wolf stepped aside and bowed low, allowing Pig to see, at last, the form of the beast she hated above all others. But when she saw him, she forgot all the vicious words she'd prepared. This master, this profaner, the shadow-bringer of legend, 
was but a pig much like herself. He could have been the ghost of Meekfoot, so strong was the resemblance. But he was smaller, much smaller, undoubtedly the runt of his litter. 